Welcome to They Might Be Librarians, a podcast of the Plainfield-Guilford Township Public Library. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Hi everyone and welcome back. I am Lauren. I am the head cataloger and I purchase adult fiction here at the library. I'm Matthew. I am the technology and training services supervisor slash podcast editor. I'm Ashley Beyer, and I am the Teen Central Manager. Yay! We're so happy to have you, Ashley. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So you started here at uh, Plainfield at the beginning of August. Exactly. So you've been here a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How are you liking it so far? I'm absolutely loving it. It's a completely different atmosphere from my previous library, and I love just how progressive this library is and how everyone just seems to be... Just everyone is happy to be here themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I'm definitely enjoying my time here. Good. Yay. And, uh, yeah, we have been very happy to have you. Like, we've seen you with the teens and how they have just almost instantaneously were like, yeah, Ashley, we're behind you. We like you. You've had, like, you told me yesterday that your program attendance has been fantastic. A lot higher than I expected. <laughs> Even knowing the numbers that we have here of teens, mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting to get as many teens coming to the programs as I have been. So you're d- definitely doing something right. <laughs> Glad to hear it. <laughs> so uh, tell me a little bit about your background. So I basically grew up in the library. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons why I wanted to be a teen librarian, and I think kind of why I sympathize a lot with the teens that come here, is because I was them. Mm. Um, I went to the Greenwood Library almost every single day after school, mm-hmm. and the middle school is right next door, yeah. so we just had to go down you know, a little hill, and I was the one that was you know, attending the programs. I was mm-hmm. sitting in the librarian's office just chit-chatting with her, Aww. and that really instilled a love of libraries in me and what they can really do, mm-hmm. and so I you know, went to college. I got an art degree um, specifically to help out in libraries. Oh. Because at the time, I have it's a bachelor's in graphic design. Uh-huh. And at the time, a lot of libraries were having to outsource for marketing and logos and things like that. So mm-hmm. I wanted a, gr- a degree that could really help with, like, the publishing side of yeah. libraries. Um, so I got that degree, and then I actually decided to take a slight detour <laughs> and <laughs> went to Japan for a year. Yeah. Taught English uh, to all ages. Mm -hmm. And part of me still kind of regrets a little bit coming back. (laughs) But I'll I'll go back eventually on vacation. (laughs) Um, And then came back. I started working at uh, the Greenwood Library as like a kind of a clerk type position Mm -hmm. and started working on my degree. Found a job at the library that I just came from. Mm -hmm. And I was there for almost seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did both uh, adults and teens. Um, I was doing collection development, programming. Basically, a, I had a whole you know slew of hats that I wore there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's nice to now be able to come here and just focus on working with teens. Mm-hmm. We're very happy to have you here. Thank you. So could you talk a little bit about the difference between the kind of the, the separation between children's like a children's room? Uh, programming and reading and the teen services. What makes teen services unique and different from general youth services? So I think with children's, a lot of it is trying to instill that uh, love of reading, but also just getting them 
kind of surrounded by books. Um, there's a lot of research that shows that just even having books in your life, whether it's, you know, having a bookshelf at home or coming to the library, really helps with, you know, your reading level and your interest in reading. Um, so I think a lot of programs for kids are are geared towards that and mm-hmm. trying to help with their, you know, education and their learning. With teens, it's a little bit different because they don't want to do anything that they don't want to do. Yes. <laughs> um, so with that, you're more of just trying to create an atmosphere where they want to come into the library. They want to be here, even if it's just to hang out with their friends, it's still beneficial for them. Um, so I try to create programs that are just interesting, that you know maybe they're learning a slight skill on the side, but they're wanting to be here for it. And they're wanting to continue coming to the library. Because the thing is, with teens, they grow up to be adults. Mm -hmm. And if you have a teen who goes, oh, no, I never went to the library. I I didn't like going to the library, you know, when I was a teen. They're going to grow up into an adult that doesn't really think about the library. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you start them, even, you know, starting them as a kid, keeping them coming here as teens, Mm -hmm. they're going to continue remembering that as they grow and have families of their own and go, oh, hey, yeah, I I used to love going to the library. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take my kids there. Mm -hmm. And it helps grow that cycle. But if you stop it right in the middle of adolescence, Mm -hmm. they lose their use Mm -hmm. for it. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So definitely just trying to keep them interested and wanting to come into the library. Yeah, it's interesting that, that you say that because, um, and then you going to all of the library programs and whatnot, um, when I was very little, like my mom got me my first library card at the age of four and, you know, we did regular library trips, but then by the time I got to be, you know, the age of a teen, teen services had not taken off at li- in libraries at mm-hmm. this point. And so there was very little, like there wasn't even really a young adult section in um, my home library. So it was like either I read children's books or I go read adult books that either didn't interest me or had content that my like emotional or social maturity just mm-hmm. wouldn't understand. So I, I was kind of caught in that abyss. I still made it back to the library. And I will say that my home library, like they've vastly improved and they have taken on teen services. So it's, it's a, it's a much more welcoming place for teens than when I was younger. But the, it's interesting that you going to the teen um, programs is what inspired you to go into, to working in libraries. And the fact that I didn't have that was what inspired me to go working (laughs) in libraries. Well, and, you know, it does work like that sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, there are, I think there are probably certain, you know, traits that people have that make them want to read and want to be in libraries. But, unfortunately, not everyone (laughs) (laughs) has that, you know, innate desire to be there. So it looks like you've brought quite a few very interesting books to talk about. I did. So I brought a couple um, that are like spooky season type mm-hmm. books. Um, and then a couple that I'm reading that actually still follow <laughs> the spooky theme. <laughs> so first up, I have a book called Howl by Sean David Hutchinson. And in a nutshell, this is a Chicken Little type story. Oh, so really? <laughs> you have the main character whose name is Virgil Knox. And he is swearing up and down that he was attacked by a monster. 
and no one wants to believe him. They say, oh, no, he he wasn't in his right mind. He was somewhere he wasn't supposed to be. (laughs) Maybe he was drinking, you know. (laughs) They're all saying, there's no Uh way (laughs) you were attacked by a monster. But he is very adamant. He's like, no, I was in my right mind. It was a monster. Oh, I love and it. And so it's him trying to prove that he isn't just making something up. Uh-huh. And he becomes aware that the more he's talking, that monster's going to come back. <laughs> and come back for him. Oh, wow. So, yeah, this one, it is it is a newer book. Again, it is Howl by Sean David Hutchinson. And I would highly recommend it. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in love with it already. <laughs> Plus, it has a very, you know, fun fun cover. It does, yeah. So, <laughs> so next one I have is called Go Hunt Me by Kelly Devos. And this is about a group of friends. Uh, main character's name is Alex. And they love making films. Mm-hmm. And they decide that they want to make a really, really creepy, spooky film. Where else to film that's spooky than Dracula's castle? Uh-huh. But when they go in... It's not as abandoned as they thought it would be. There's, you know, weapons down the hallway, you know, all the, uh-huh. like, swords and things all yeah. up on the wall. And then one of the friends goes missing. To make matters worse, while they're searching for her, they see a cloaked figure ah. hiding in the shadows. And they realize that Dracula's castle may not be <laughs> as abandoned or as fictional as they thought it might be. I know no one can see me who's listening to this, but I'm about to fall out of my chair with glee. I am so excited. <laughs> we talked in, a, in a, an earlier episode of the podcast about uh, Dracula, and one of the things Matthew was geeking out about is, what was the title of that? Of the... It was called uh, The Powers of Darkness, and it was a drac- essentially a Dracula fan fiction that was written in Icelandic and um, kind of went under the radar for, you know, a century or so before people realized that it wasn't a, it wasn't a translation of Dracula, it was a uh, original story. But anyway, I'm also very interested in, in the Dracula and Dracula adjacent and inspired fiction, so that sounds really good. Yeah. So, yeah, so are we going to be, like, competing to see who gets that on hold yeah. first? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Lauren has a huge holds list, and I do as well, so we'll, I'll add it to my list and I'll get around to it. Yeah. Hopefully before October. So, again, that is Go Hunt Me by Kelly Devos. Awesome. So, the next book is one I actually just finished um, just a couple nights ago, and it is not out yet, but might be by the time <laughs> this comes out. It's a uh, comes out on September 6th, and it is currently in Overdrive on the Libby app. Um, you're able to go ahead and place a hold on to that if you are interested in reading it. Um, but it is by one of my favorite young adult authors, uh, Tiffany D. Jackson. And this story is essentially a Carrie retelling. Mm-hmm. So you guys know Carrie, you know, St- Stephen King. Oh, yeah. A girl who is basically abused at home develops telekinetic powers, you know, is teased at school, but ends up um, being nominated, you know, humorously Mm -hmm. for, I can't remember if it was Homecoming Queen or Prom Queen. Prom Queen. And then gets a bucket of paint dumped on her, or actually, no, it might have been blood. It's pig's blood. Yeah, pig's blood. And then... (laughs) I'm a big fan of Carrie. (laughs) (laughs) And then she ends up setting, you know, the whole place on fire. (laughs) So Tiffany D. Jackson, she took the story of Carrie and combined it with the issues of segregation that 
were actually still relevant as of a handful of years ago. Um, there was a story that came out of one of the southern states that there was a school that was still having a segregated prom. And so she took that story with Carrie and she used that as the basis of why the main character is, you know, being teased mm-hmm. and, you know, nominated and all this. Mm-hmm. Um, so our main character, she is considered white passing. Um, her father mm-hmm. has made it to where, you know, every week she gets a hot comb through her hair. Um, she's not allowed to get it wet. She has to check the forecast every day. Oh, wow. But one day, as you know how yes. showers happen, mm-hmm. it rains while she's outside and mm-hmm. her, this classmates notice. Um, and because of the segregation issues, you know, they start teasing her. They are throwing pencils in her hair. Oh. And it's, of course, called on camera. Yeah. So it leads um, one of the, like, popular girls. Well, the popular girl's like best friend Mm. to say, Hey, let's try to hold one prom. That's, you know, for everyone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course there's still some outcry about Mm -hmm. it. You know, they're saying, Oh, it's tradition. And yeah. (laughs) Okay. Maybe a tradition, but it's not a good good one. Yeah. So, you know, she doesn't want to really go. The main character Mm -hmm. doesn't. Um, But the popular girl's best friend, she, actually is dating um, one of the football players who is black. And she says, hey, I wasn't planning on going anyway, even though I suggested it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about you do something nice and you take you take her to prom? Okay. Um, and so, of course, you know, things happen. Mm-hmm. What's great about this is you know all of this kind of from the very beginning mm-hmm. because it starts off by telling you about – all of the students who were killed. It goes back and forth between the events as they unfold, Mm -hmm. held in like a narrative form, Mm -hmm. along with podcast episodes and newspaper clippings. Oh, that's... all this different research that they're trying to figure out what exactly happened. How did this person, you know, Oh, gosh, that's that's a beautiful modernization of Carrie because mm-hmm. they do the same thing in the book, but it was written in the 70s. So yeah. obviously the technology is different. Oh, I was excited for this book just because it was going to be a retelling of Carrie. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, cannot wait to get my hands on this. Sorry, I'm kind of bogarting your book talk here. <laughs> I'm just excited. <laughs> I'm just glad I'm having exciting books. <laughs> so, but yeah, so again, that is The Weight of Blood by Tiffany D. Jackson. And if you are at all a thriller or suspense fan, mm-hmm. She writes extremely well. Um, I've read multiple of her books where you don't know what the ending is going to be. You can't guess. And it completely knocks you off your feet once, you know, once it comes out. Nice. And there is one book of hers, though, I have not read yet purposely because the first one I read of hers was Monday's Not Coming. Okay. And it's another one that kind of does a back and forth. It does like a before and an after type uh, Mm -hmm. narrative. But it, it destroyed me. <laughs> like, when I found out what was happening, I was like, oh, my gosh, this book is wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I love it, but it, it yeah. destroyed me. Mm-hmm. But apparently the book that came before this, um, her book Allegedly, it's even, like, more. Oh. I don't know if it's heart-wrenching or just, like, oh, my gosh. And so I've purposely put that off. Okay. <laughs> Just because of how much this book destroyed mm-hmm. me. Yeah. So. Can't say I blame you. <laughs> but but yeah, so if you like that type of type of book, mm-hmm. she is a fantastic, fantastic okay. author. 
that's definitely a name to watch out for, Tiffany D. Jackson. Mm -hmm. So, and then I have one more. Um, it is a book that I am currently reading. It's called Wild is the Witch by Rachel Griffin. Um, this one, it is available on Libby as well at the moment. Um, okay. We're still waiting our, on our copy to come in. Um, but we also have her first book, which is The Nature of Witches. Um, these, the two books, they don't overlap, so you can read them okay. independently. Um, but this story, it's about a world where witches are, are known. People know that they exist. Okay. Um, you know, they're, if they have a crime committed, um, their witches council deals with it, and then they decide whether or not to, you know, push it onto the government, mm -hmm. and, you know, local police departments and all that. But our main character on this one, um, her name's Iris. She had a very bad experience um, where she was at, I, I believe it's a cabin, with her best friend and her best friend's boyfriend. And while she was sleeping, her best friend decides to try and turn her human boyfriend into a witch. So oh. in this, it can happen. It's kind of like one of those, like, magic is all around you. Okay, okay. And so there's a way to kind of, like, absorb it, I guess. Okay. But humans don't know how to stop it when it gets too much. Oh. So unfortunately that's what happened and the boyfriend ended up just burning up from the magic. So her friend gets basically put in jail and she vows to never let anyone know that she's a witch. That, you know, it would just cause way too much, you know, drama, too much heartache. Mm -hmm. She can't do it. So after all those events inspired, so after all those events happen, her mother uh, decides to move move them away from everything, and they start a wildlife refugee, mm. which is great because as they are attuned with magic, they're really good with animals. Yeah. So anytime you know there's a wolf that's you know hurt, they're able to calm the wolf down and Aww. figure out what's wrong and you know help them heal faster. But at the wildlife refugee, there is another guy who is studying to become an anthropologist. Okay. And she can't stand him. <laughs> Iris cannot stand him at all. He, she sees him as like a, um, a busybody. Mm. You know, he's always criticizing her for what she's doing, even mm -hmm. though she is the owner's daughter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and her mom just sees it as, oh, he's just really good at what he does. You mm -hmm. know, he's just, he's just messing with you. It's fine. <laughs> well, one night she goes out and she decides to do kind of a spell to just clear her mind. But it's a, a spell that will never be. It's just a way for her to let things go mm -hmm. and there not be any consequence of it. Mm -hmm. So she decides to curse Pike, the guy that she works with. Mm. But before it can be just absorbed into the ground and you know dissipate, an owl swoops by. <gasps> no! And the spell gets caught on the owl. Oh, no! Owls are amplifiers. Yeah! So if something happens to that owl before she can get the spell back... It's going to not only come true, but it's going to be amplified, which Ooh. means not only is Pike going to be affected by this curse, but so are basically anyone, you know, anyone that's in the vicinity. Oh. And just because it was on her mind, it is a curse to turn him into a witch, which means oh no, basically he will die if this yes. happens. Yes, yes. So she decides she has to go out and hunt this owl, figure out, you know, where it's at, but her mom who she did not tell why she's <laughs> wanting to hunt this owl. Her mom tells her, well, you need someone who's really you know, good at this. So she has to, she she has has to, to take Pike. Pike. <laughs> yep. Who also, you want to guess what he hates? 
Owls? Witches. Oh, witches. Okay, that makes more sense. (laughs) (laughs) So she now has to figure out how to not only get the spell off this owl, but how to do it without letting Pike know that she's a witch, and the reason they're hunting this owl is because of something she did that could affect him. Mm -hmm. He just thinks, oh, the owl's hurt. That's why we're trying to find it and bring it to Uh. the refugee. But I, unfortunately, I do not know how this one ends yet, because I'm only about (laughs) halfway through it. But so far, it is really, really well done. Um, I'm really enjoying it, and I would also highly recommend it. Excellent. Wild is the Witch by Rachel Griffin. Okay, excellent. So do you have any upcoming programs that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, so in September, we have teen programs going on every Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, A lot of craft programs. Um, I believe the first one we have on the... 4th, September 4th, is Teen Karaoke. Nice. Um, I believe we also have... So, do you have any programs coming up in September that you're super excited for? I'm always excited for teen programs. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) But, yes, so in September, we're going to have programs every Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, The first one being on September 6th. Uh, We're going to be having Teen Karaoke. So teens can bring their friends and just jam out to some of their favorite songs. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have a lot of craft programs coming up. Um, We are doing like paper lanterns, um, cup weaving, where you can make like a little basket just using a paper cup as the base for the loom. Oh, cool. We're going to be painting some glasses, which will then, um, you will let them cure and heat Mm. up and they'll actually be washable. Yeah. um, Even just using, you know, acrylic paint on them. Nice. Um, We're also going to be showing a movie. Um, I can't say the title, but it is a adaptation of a famous book by Angie Thomas. Okay. So, <laughs> yes. If that says it. Um, and then we're going to be doing um, making plants with perler beans. They won't die. So that's a plus. Yeah. I. <laughs> interesting. I've not heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so um, I think our sample piece is a little little perler bead cacti, you know, cactus that's oh, cute. in a little terracotta pot. Um, and then we're also going to be doing a penny boat challenge. So this will be fun because it's always fun to put the teens, you know, head to head against, mm-hmm. you know, their friends. Um, but it's one of those, you know, can it float or, you know, how many pennies can you put in your boat before, mm-hmm. you know, it sinks. Mm-hmm. Nice. So that'll, that'll be a fun one. It'll be interesting to see you know, yeah. who can build the best boat. <laughs> I'm wondering how many renditions of Let It Go you're going to hear during teen karaoke. Luckily... I don't have to lead that one. <laughs> so while that one's going on, I'll be in the room okay. you know, hanging out with the rest of the teens. <laughs> but I've heard from um, the teen, the teen central library assistant, uh, Morgan, that they absolutely love doing the karaoke. Good. So it'll be definitely interesting, but I will not be in the room. Okay. Doing that one. <laughs> Maybe you should ask Morgan to track how many times. There we go. <laughs> I can do that. Yep. Okay, now it's time for our closing section on what we are geeking out about. So, uh, Lauren, would you like to start us? Sure. Although I do feel kind of bad about what I'm geeking out about because it's another podcast. Um, <laughs> though I have to say, we will probably never be a rival to them because these are professional people who, like, this This is one of their jobs as opposed to this being something fun that we do for our patrons. Um, but I am absolutely geeking out the podcast, How Did This Get Made? Uh, it's Paul Shearer who runs it, and then Jason Manzukas is one of the hosts. And if you don't know who Jason Manzukas is, he is probably the most 
chaotically fun actor in Hollywood right now. He's hilarious. He also might be clinically insane, but in the best way possible. Um, But he is um, just like, he just shouts out all the most random stuff uh, and it it delights me. Uh, But this podcast is basically um, a review of really most of the time, really terrible, sometimes nonsensical films. Uh, they've covered movies such as The Village People's musical Can't Stop the Music. Uh, they have covered the sequel to Saturday Night Fever called Stayin' Alive. And um, they've covered the Super Mario Brothers film. That's the, the, the episode I'm listening to right now. I want to go listen to that. I have, I have fond memories, actually, of that movie. <laughs> Yeah, that th- that episode is particularly <laughs> hilarious because um, I did not watch that movie as a child. I watched it as an adult, so you can imagine that the the sh- the 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 shine on that movie was not there for me. But um, just I, just hearing like hearing them not like almost kindly ripping apart a movie because they do point out like how much work goes into any movie, no matter how bad it is. But they also just point out how nonsensical things are, and it's hilarious, but they also do a second opinion on things. They, they bring up five-star reviews of these movies, um, and they'll, they generally have a live audience that will also ask questions, and it's... It, for someone like me who enjoys watching bad films, because I love the so bad it's good type stuff, it gives me so many recommendations on movies to go, like, they'll be ripping a movie to shreds, and I'm like, I want to see this. Like, I've been trying to find Can't Stop the Music somewhere to watch. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's called How Did This Get Made? Uh, there are over 100 episodes available, um, so there's a lot that you can listen to, and there are all almost always just a ton of fun and if i can recommend any one episode to listen to i highly recommend listening to their episode about the movie from justin to kelly oh gosh yeah i don't know how many people even remember that but yeah matthew's shaking shaking his head it was the um contractually obligated film that kelly clarkson and justin guarini had to make together after the first season of american idol Seriously, if you listen to any episode, listen to that one. Well, I think I heard something recently about that was, I don't think Justin necessarily had to, because I think Kelly had said something about she did not want to win because she didn't want to have to be in the movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just saw something about it. It might have been on TikTok. (laughs) Now, that's really funny that he chose to be in the movie. Uh I, I, like to, I might not be right on that, but... <laughs> well, if he didn't have to be, I like to think that he did it because he didn't want her to be alone. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what are you geeking out about, Ashley? So, I'm probably going to age myself a little bit <laughs> here, but... So, when I was in second grade, Pokemon, mm-hmm. you know, first hit America, and I remember trading a pencil for a Ponyta card, Aww. and... It was terrible because I didn't understand the value of it. I was, what, eight years old? Mm -hmm. So I actually, like, cut out the character, and I just had, like, the little square of Ponyta that I carried around. (laughs) (laughs) But it it stayed with me. You know, as everyone knows, Pokemon is still really big, Mm -hmm. even though it's, what, 20-some years old now? Mm -hmm. 
and I'm still <laughs> so interested in it. Um, when the Arceus game came out, these Arceus, I always forget how to pronounce that one, but I'm, we're just going to go with Arceus for sure. now. I might be wrong. Um, when that one came out, I was really excited because it was completely different, you know, format, mm-hmm. and it wasn't the, you know, blocky face-to-face type mm-hmm. that it originally was. You were a little bit more open world. There are, there are still some things about it I wish were a little bit improved, mm-hmm. but... I was loving it. It was fantastic. Um, I mean, I love Pokemon so much that down in Teen Central, I brought in a decorative um, Cubone skull. Nice. <laughs> it's, it, it almost has a um, like sugar skull type look to mm-hmm. it. It's really cool. Um, I mean, I've started collecting Pokemon cards for my daughter. And it's gotten really big. But my daughter is in a little bit of trouble at the moment because I was really excited about where I was at in the game. And she decided that she wanted to play a dance game and took out my cartridge and lost it. Oh, no. So now I'm facing the conundrum of, do I want to pay $60 for a brand new game cartridge Mm -hmm. when here in like two and a half months, the newest Pokemon game is coming Mm -hmm. out? I'm like, I have to dish out $60 just to dish out another $60 for another game. So... I'm I'm trying to figure out what I want to do, though I did just find out that some libraries are actually putting um, Nintendo Switch games in their collection. Yes, yes they are. So I might be able to maybe, if not finish the game, but get a little bit closer to finishing <laughs> by getting it from another library. Uh-huh. But yeah, that is that is my current geek out. I am still <laughs> fixated on Pokemon. That is delightful. Seriously, <laughs> that is okay. <laughs> What about you, Matthew? I'm still uh, thinking about Gen Con, which occurred last month here in Indianapolis. I went, and it was a really great experience. It was busier than it was the year before, which which was had a reduced capacity because of the pandemic. And um, this year was not quite as full as it has been in the past, but it was fuller and uh, seemed like a more vibrant time this year. I got to try out some new games and learn about some old games I'd never heard of. There's a game coming out later this winter that I got to play that I really, really liked and I'm looking forward to. It's called Empire's End. And the goal is you, you start the game with these tiles that represent your empire. They have, you know, roads and cities and towns and what have you. And throughout the game, various catastrophes, your empire's at its zenith, and various catastrophes are going to happen over the course of the game. And you have to figure out how to manage your decline. And so the goal is you're trying to figure out how much you can lose and still win compared to whatever else's empire is doing. Um, so it was a really fun kind of reversal. Instead of kind of gathering points, you're seeing, you know, can I take this hit now in the hopes that uh, it will, you know, worse things will happen to my opponents later on. Um, it was really fun um, and wove that theme into it really well. So Empire's End. I learned about an old game um, that apparently has been around for decades. It's a variation of chess. It's called Peace Chess. And... Uh, instead of capturing, you know, pieces like they do when you play chess, the pieces do not get captured ever. Instead, they just conjoin. So, you, you know, your pawn can, instead of capturing an enemy uh, bishop, would merge with the enemy bishop, and then this new p- joint piece um, is moved according to the rules of the piece movement of whatever player wants to move it. And the goal is to eventually join with join one of your pieces with the enemy king, um, and that's equivalent checkmate but it's so it's much more complicated because the board is Ooh. always pretty crowded regular chess the, the board will kind of clear out after 
you know, several moves, uh, pieces leaving the board. But this one, they all stay together, and they're moving around, switching switching partners. They refer to it as like a dance. Oh. Um, so pieces can join with other pieces, and you're, it can cause chain reactions where one piece will get kicked out, merge with another piece, which will then merge with another piece, and so on. Yeah. Eventually, it was, it was a whole new take on chess, and it, it's been around since the 70s, so it's not a new game. But it was a fun variation that I never seen before, and I really enjoyed watching it be played and um, trying my hand at it and yeah. something to... Yeah, How, how'd you do on it? Uh, not great. I mean, it's, <laughs> I said it's the regular kind of strategy that you would take into a chess game is not going to really work well mm. um, because, yeah, because you, you will lose the ability like to move your own piece when it joins with another piece sometimes. Mm. So trying to move it into position, opponent can move it back out very easily. Yeah, it's just you're trying to set up chain reactions, which is also another thing that I'm not very good at. So it was, it was like a fascinating puzzle, but I'm not very good at it yet. So that's really cool, though. Yeah, I didn't. I'd never heard of a different variation of chess. And so you, you and you don't need a the game developer that I was watching and uh, playing with had made a special kind of uh, chess set that this works for. So the pieces are kind of molded in a way that they will all fit together. Uh, oh, that's really so cool. cool! But you don't have to say it was. Uh, it was also kind of expensive. You don't actually have to have a special chess set. You can play this with a regular chess set as long as you, you know, can keep track of the pieces, kind of sharing a square, basically. So that you don't need a special chess set to do this. But this one was really cool. Nice. <laughs> that yeah, that is cool. All right. Well, f- thank you all for listening to us. Uh, we, again, we are we, They Might Be Librarians, a podcast of the Plainfield-Guilford Township Public Library. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts.